We got a cold open this week? What's going on in the world? I've had a day, boys. This podcast is gonna gonna need to bring me up. Bring me up or else we're getting oh. a real bad pick. Oh, you are fucked. <laughs> There's no way this podcast is gonna bring you up. I make a lot of notes about this early, but I gotta say, I picked the wrong grown-ups. I was thinking of the other one. Oh, really? <laughs> I was thinking like all these things we were gonna talk about and stuff, and I got significantly into this movie where i realized like oh this isn't that one you wanted the first one well because i thought what happened in the first one actually happened in the second one but i did think it'd be funnier to do the second one and not give you the background story of the first one i hadn't seen either so this was the first time i've ever watched a sequel before i've seen the original movie (laughs) you know you know what's funny i've seen bits and pieces of this movie of this one of this one, because I, there were points where I was like, I've seen this before. Like, the whole thing at the watering hole, I've definitely seen that, that whole that whole bit before. And I think I was watching it one day, and I stopped watching because I said, ooh, this will be a cinephobe one day. Mm, mm-hmm. That's why I stopped. Yeah. There was only one moment that I thought was a callback to the first movie that I didn't get. There are a bunch. <laughs> there are. Callbacks? Yeah, there are a bunch of callbacks. Oh, I didn't know. I don't think I've seen the first one. First one is definitely better. Is it better? It's definitely better. I know it's a low bar. <sighs> well, okay, that's actually a great question. I don't know if it's better. There's basketball in it. It's 3% better according to Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> 3% better is better. I don't trust those motherfuckers. You don't trust the Rotten Tomatoes people? No, not anymore. Maze, let me let me let you in on something. Is the other day Amin and I were on Levitard show and Amin said, You're bad at radio. Actually, you're not bad at radio. You're bad at doing radio with me. And I feel like he's bad at podcasting with us. Oh, now it's <laughs> because us? He, this is getting so spiteful. <laughs> <laughs> oh fuck it. Just start this. I'm so I'm I'm so annoyed at, at myself and at you. Your picks have been horrible, man. What's the point? That's the point of the show, isn't, isn't it? it? Isn't it? It's isn't possible. It? I don't understand what this podcast is about. Poppycock. It's a fuckhouse. On a weekly basis, we are consuming more concentrated bad movies than probably anybody in the history of mankind. Poppycock. What story? <laughs> what story? <laughs> what are you talking about? Do you want lunch? I have yet to laugh in this movie. I'll just tell you that. You picked it, motherfucker. (laughs) Just remember that. You know what the problem with Hollywood is? They make shit. Unbelievable, unremarkable shit. I was legitimately offended. You were offended? I was offended. I didn't know you could get offended. I was offended. This did it. If I were gay, I wouldn't be offended. Shit up, I mean. Inconsequential detail after inconsequential yeah. detail after inconsequential detail. Please don't lie. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. I'm there holding a mic in my hands and now I'm talking yeah. all over. Okay. <laughs> Cinephobe, the podcast where we break down the movies 
You're afraid to admit you love. I'm Zach Harper. That's Amino Hassan. That's Anthony Mays. If you have a submission reminder, it needs to be 40% or lower on Rotten Tomatoes from the audience score or the critic score. This week on Cinephobe, we watched the 2013 comedy Grown Ups 2. That's right. The sequel. You know what's funny? I'm looking for the movies on the spreadsheet, and this is the first just straight comedy we've done. <laughs> Since Hall Pass. Oh, really? Yeah. This is the one, huh? Yep. Grown Ups 2 stars Adam Sandler, Chris Rock, Kevin James, David Spade, and Salma Hayek. Oh, star-studded. Salma Hayek's second appearance. Everybody else is a first-timer somehow. Amazing. Sandler had just done Jack and Jill and That's My Boy. Potentially two future cinephones. <laughs> he would be in Blended, Top 5, and The Cobbler in 2014. Rock had just been in What to Expect When You're Expecting and Madagascar 3. He would also be in Top 5, because that's his movie, in 2014. Kevin James had just been in Here Comes the Boom in 2012. <laughs> and he had Paul Blart Mall Cop 2 in 2015 coming up. Let's do another sequel without seeing the original. His fate was just finishing up some show called Rules of Engagement, which has like hundreds of episodes. CBS. I like that show. I've never seen it. I, didn't, I lied. I don't <laughs> why lie about that what was the point to not hold the lie he's a man of the people <sighs> i got confused I, I thought it was just shoot me oh that's a great show he'd also be in the entourage movie as david spade in 2015 and then salma hayek had just been in savages and here comes the boom in 2012 muppets most wanted was coming up in 2014 muppets most wanted great movie is savages the one with christian bale I think it's the one with Blake Lively, right? Yeah, it's Blake Lively and Taylor Kitsch. It was one of the run of Taylor Kitsch's three awful movies in a row that murdered his career, including John Carter, Future Cinephobe. Oh, wow. I, John Carter from Mars. I had high hopes for that one. Also, did not know that dude's name was Taylor Kitsch. I thought you were making a joke about a very inside Taylor Swift group of people. <laughs> That's because of the pause. Goodness. Wow. That wasn't an All intentional right. pause. It was because I was going through my head. I thought you were about to say Taylor Lautner, who's also in this movie, along with uh, Maria Bello from The Cooler. Don't know her. Maya Rudolph from Saturday Night Live. Love her. Know her. Santa Cruz. Nick Swartzen from uh, Grandma's Boy. I hate him. Steve Buscemi from Con Air. Oh, he's terrible. Colin Quinn from Grown Ups 1. <laughs> terrible. Tim Meadows from Grown Ups 1. <laughs> terrible. Shaq from Steel. Terrible. Dan Patrick. Terrible. Also in Grown Ups 1. He's also in Grown Ups 1? Oh yeah, my he god. Is. He's in every Adam Sandler Different movie. Different character, by the way, too, Hold I on. believe. He's in every Adam Sandler movie. He makes one appearance. Yeah. Yeah. And I remember on one of them, it was a real big deal that the Danettes got to be in it, too. I mean, I've got a hypothetical. Would you like to be a millionaire? I mean, but the condition is that you have to be one of the bit players in every Happy Madison movie. Where do I sign up? Yeah. Are you kidding, you me? kidding? Look, I, I have no doubt that they had a blast making this movie. They had a blast making Yeah, it. you can tell because they're only concerned with making each other laugh. John Lovitz is also in this movie, and so is Steve Austin from Wrestling. Stone Cold. Grown Ups 2, directed by Dennis Dugan, who has directed Problem Child. Repeat Offender, baby. Happy Gilmore. Big Daddy, Beverly Hills Ninja, Don't Mess with the Zoan, Grown Ups 1, and Jack and Jill. And Future Cinephobe, Saving Silverman. Oh, I right. was yes. watching that the other day, God, man. it's so good, man. It's That's so good. That's a good movie. File. That's a good movie. It was written by Fred Wolf, Adam Sandler, and Tim Harley. Wolf wrote Black Sheep, Joe Dirt, the 1993 MTV Movie Awards, Dirty Work, and a bunch of uh, these guys' movies, including the first Grown Ups. Sandler has written on... 
almost all of his own movies. And then uh, Hare Lee wrote Billy Madison, Happy Gilmore, Big Daddy, Waterboy, Little Nicky, Mr. Deeds, Pixels, but did not write uh, Grown Ups 1. It's like a cabal of bad movie terrorism. Yeah, these are these are a sleeper cell, right? This is the Golden State Warriors of bad movies, right? Writing, directing, starring, all of these people. It's the SNL Hive and then the Sandler Hive merging into Would one. Would you call them the, the Talisman? Lure? Tal- Talisman? Okay, I'll, I'll, I'll come up with it at some point. Synopsis for Grown Ups 2. After moving his family back to his hometown to be with his friends and their kids, Lenny finds out that between old bullies, new bullies, schizo bus drivers, drunk cops on skis, and 400 costume party crashers, sometimes crazy follows you. That's not a synopsis. <laughs> Tagline. A few years ago, some old friends shared one unforgettable weekend. Terrible. Which, yeah, they did, but also, like, not a tagline for this movie. That's a tagline for the last movie. Yeah. Are you sure you read the right one? Yeah. Other taglines. They're moving back to their hometown to give their kids a better life. Again, that happened in the first movie. You're, no, you're not reading the right one. They'll do anything for the families, except grow up. Mm. Again, that's the first one. Poignant. Summer isn't just for kids. Okay, that one's this one. Just because they're a little older doesn't mean they've grown up. Okay, that also okay all right 80 million dollar budget how (laughs) how Uh, maybe those rafts are expensive i don't know it's not so much how did they spend the money it's how did sandler convince somebody to pay everybody that much because they do numbers man. they do numbers man because they grossed 133.6 million in the u.s 246.9 million worldwide how yo People love this shit, I mean. How? Wow. Wow. Before we jump into this movie, for the rest of the podcast, Grown Ups 2 is a rental as part of the current rental wars of this podcast. (laughs) In the rental wars. I hate my history of spending money with Apple. I hate it. They must think I'm (laughs) such an idiot. Like this fucking rube. Can't stay off these bad movies. Keeps giving us $4 a pop to watch garbage. (laughs) Oh, man. All right, Grown Ups 2 receives 8% from critics on 114 reviews on Rotten Tomatoes, 53% from the audience on over 180,000 ratings. That's a big disparity. What? Is that the biggest disparity we've had? It's close. It's up there, right? Yeah. Wet Hot is 40% increase. 53, man. Teen Witch is 37% increase. How? I mean, you (laughs) you want the positive reviews or the negative? Yeah, I guess I want the... Give me some positive... Do you have user reviews? I have at least one user review. Start with the positive user review. Well, I was kind of hoping to save that one for the end. Okay, all right. Do it the usual way, then. Give me... I'm a glass half full kind of guy. Give me the the positive. Well, everybody's just thinking about the negative. Well, I think the the glass is half full. Everybody's thinking it's half empty. (laughs) Richard Propes of TheIndependentCritic.com. Grown Ups 2 won't please a good majority of the film critics. But it's not a film for the film critics. It's true. Who is it for? Flyover States. It's for Flyover States. That's what it is. John Fink of the film stage. It's not terribly deep and insightful as moments in the way, way back are. But Grown Ups 2 is comfortable and at times genuinely hilarious. I don't think he should be reviewing movies. Michael A. Smith of yeah. Media Mics. Our boy. Is he our boy? Yeah, that's, a, that's who we thought Amin might be. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Amin Hassan of Media Mics. Some of the gags are childish, but really, 
isn't that why you go to a movie like this in the first place? I know that's why I do. See, you flip it on him. Yeah. Yeah, it's done. So I won't lie. He makes a compelling argument. Like if you walked in to watch this movie, you had to know what the movie was going to be about without even seeing anything. Adam Graham of Detroit News. Friendship, family, and breasts. Sometimes that's all you need. Wait, this is a newspaper writer? Detroit News. Jesus Christ. Jeffrey Lyles of Lyles Movie Files. Mm. Every iota of logic, common decency, and college-educated critical self within me all but scream that this film is an insult to my intelligence and an affront to the entire human race. And I'd listen to it if I wasn't so busy laughing. Fuck you. Now, maybe this is a, an incorrect assumption. Little shocked. Black guy. I'm, I'm surprised that, a, like, I don't, I find this to be a very white America's movie. Oh, yes. Oh, oh yes. <laughs> All right, yes. two more positives. Christopher Campbell of Film School Rejects. All I can say is I didn't dislike it. It astounded me too much with its nonsense, and it's not nearly as offensive as I'd anticipated. So I have no real issue with it. And then user Jed T, five out of five stars. Grown Ups 2 is the best comedy of all time. I love it. <laughs> I love it when Kevin James acts fat the entire movie. <laughs> He's a- <laughs> I love it when Sama Hayek acts sassy and Spanish the entire, mo- the entire film. She sure can give me a couple of chuckles. The only problem with the movie is that one of the best actors and comedians of all time isn't on this picture film. <laughs> this is, of course, Rob Schneider. Uh, he brought so much laughs to the first Grown Ups because he dated a quote-unquote older lady. And it's a shame that he wasn't casted for this film. The funniest part of this movie is when David Spade bites the lady's muscle and calls it an apple. The zebra from Madagascar is also extremely funny. Oh. <laughs> and Adam Sandler's performance as Lenny is so good that it doesn't even need to be annotated. Nine and a half out of ten from the best movie critic in the game, Jed Tamaj. Get Jed Tamaj on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> what kill is the zebra from Madagascar? <laughs> also, Sama Hayek is Mexican. She's not Spanish. Oh, my God. All right. Negative reviews. At this point of time, my thought on critics not liking stuff is, then turn it off, you fucking weirdo. You have so many options. People who watch an entire project to hate on it, man, it is so weird to me. Drew Hunt of Chicago Reader. Sandler's films have always been stupid, but the early stuff is pretty harmless. Here, the jokes almost always come at the expense of someone else. The kind of needless bullying one expects of a YouTube comment section. What? I don't know. I feel like Drew got picked on a lot. This happens a lot on the internet, right? On Twitter. You have, you're arguing against something, and then someone is a quote-unquote ally who's arguing against the same thing you're arguing against. But then they give their reasoning, and you're like, you know what? Don't make me switch sides because I hate you so much. Robbie Collin of Daily Telegraph UK. Somehow the word sequel doesn't fit. It would be like describing three months of agonizing spinal surgery as the sequel to Falling Off a Cliff. Too much. Doing too much there, Robbie. Wesley Morris of Grantland. These movies are about four friends, played by comedians, remembering what it was like to be young. How much better for an audience would it be if they remembered what it was like to make comedy? Whoa! That acerbic wit that we've come to expect from Grantland. Blige Abiral of New York Magazine slash Vulture. How do you spell that? B-L-I-G-E-E-B-I-R-L. Whoa. It makes the first movie look like the Maltese Falcon. <laughs> okay, Tony. Okay, Tony. Uh, Tony. Medley! Tony! Tony. Medley. You son of a bitch! 
Tony. Tony. Please, Tony. Richard Roper of richardroper.com. When Taylor Lautner is the funniest thing in a movie starring Adam Sandler and Chris Rock, we're in trouble. Linda Barnard of Toronto Star. Adam Sandler scrapes the bottom of the barrel, and then he pukes into it with grown-ups, too. Yep. And then Matt Patches of Time Out. In the first five minutes, a deer walks into the star's bedroom and urinates on his face. It's all downhill from there. Is it the first five minutes or the first five seconds? Yeah, it's pretty quick. All right, Amin, what's your first note? All right, my first note, gents. Take us. <laughs> Take us of notes. So when I Google, I was Googling where to watch this because I held out hope against hope that it all of a sudden became free to watch somewhere. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. You know how like they have those frequently asked questions? Yeah. I got, why was Robbie not in Grown Ups 2? And the other question is, is there going to be a Grown Ups 3? And I just said, how can these be the frequently asked questions about this movie? That's something you would want to know, right? Who's Robbie? Schneider. Schneider. Oh. He's in the first one, not in the second People one. People were concerned about that. Not me. He's the worst. Name one good Rob Schneider role. He's shouting, you can do it in The Waterboy. That's it. No, 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 no. No, it's one, it's not funny. And two, it has sparked people doing it. It's the, it's the equivalent of get her done. People yelling that. Like, if you do that, I want you to get punched in the throat. If you ever have the inclination to shout out loud in any scenario, you can do it. Like, you have to die. You have to die. Immediately, in the most painful way possible. Zach, how do you feel about Deuce Bigelow, Mel Gigolo as Rob Schneider's... Never seen it. Never seen it? Never seen it. Future cinephobe. I have zero, zero interest. We're in suburbia with a big house and Adam Sandler's in bed asleep. He wakes up, looks over at Salma Hayek, looks back over to his right, and there's a deer in the bedroom. He wakes up Salma, says to go open the window as wide as she can, but she wants to sleep. And the deer starts eating chips out of a bowl and we see a Pepsi product placement. And I wrote, I can't think of a better symbolism than Pepsi being the product in this piece of shit Sandler movie. I wrote, we built this Bambi. We built this Bambi on CGI. Sandler says, I think your mother is here from Mexico and she needs to leave. Open the window now. It pisses Salma off. She screams. It startles the deer who then pisses in the face of Sandler for about nine seconds. Overacting party of one. Salma Hayek. My next note. Why? You know, <laughs> it's exact. My next note was, have I seen this movie before? (laughs) The deer runs down the hallway, crashes into the bathroom, opens the shower curtain, revealing the older son. He screams, and the deer pisses on him, too. And I wrote, why? What have I done? Salma Hayek overacting in the background. She sees his dick? Yeah, she screams and points at his dick. He's jerking it. Oh, it's because he was jerking it? I didn't think that's what he was doing at first. I know they allude to that that's what he does later on in the movie, but I didn't catch that No, in he the wasn't moment. in the moment. He, there, there's nothing to, I think, in order to preserve whatever shitty rating they got on this movie. <laughs> oh, okay. They spared us uh, this prepubescent boy from waxing his turtle. If you're going to get pissed on, though, being in the shower is a pretty it's good place, excellent right? Place. Just it's the best place. Although, I, as I understand it, deer urine stings. Stings? It's very pungent. Okay. It runs back down the hallway. The younger son and Adam Sandler throw laundry on it to stop it in its tracks. Makes sense. Goes downstairs, knocks some shit over, goes to the dog bowl. They're creeping up on him. It's tracking the daughter's monkey doll for some reason. Sandler takes it from there. How did they write this scene and how did they decide to start the movie? 
Why are you asking me? I don't know. I'm, I mean, I'm just, I'm just <laughs> trying to think. Like, guys, guys, guys. This is how we start. Bone ups too. Everyone's asleep. A deer comes in, pees on all the men, and then runs around with a bra stuck on its antlers. Sandler takes it uh, out and leads it out the door. He charges outside, narrowly avoids a horrendously fat male man. It grabs the toy on the lawn, starts tearing it apart like a like the deer is a dog. Mr. Gigglesworth! The mailman asks if the bra on the antlers is her bra. She says yes, and he tries to high-five Adam Sandler in front of everybody. Is that your bra, Mrs. Fader? So he's impressed by the bra, not that Salma Hayek looks like Salma Hayek. Right. And she's standing right in front of you. Kids say, ew, and then Sandler high-fives him anyway. Trying to imagine the tits in the bra, or he could just look at the tits. Now Maria Bello is doing uh, edition flashcards with Kevin James' son. This kid isn't close to getting any of these correct. They're telling him he's right. Why? Uh, she says not to destroy his confidence. Their daughter walks in with some asshole boots on. Jesus Christ. She's expressing herself. <laughs> the boy spells confidence horribly wrong, and James says that at least they won't have to pay for college. Now we go to Chris Rock's house. His kid's diaper is beyond full. They're arguing about changing it. The kid's dancing. Chris Rock says he looks like Nicki Minaj trying to shake her butt implants back into place. Oh, I get it. It's because he's the black one. And then I wrote, I imagine Nikki deciding, I want to see what this Adam Sandler hype is all about one day, turning this on and then being offended six minutes into it. Maya Rudolph goes to check the diaper and there's a gift in there. It's a diamond pendant necklace. Chris Rock says, happy 20th anniversary. Maya forgot. Toddler utters, oh, that's cold. Oh, I get it. It's because the baby is black. It's a running theme in this movie where they get a kid to say a line and that's supposed to be the comedy because a kid says it. That's not funny. None of these kids can act. Cut to David Spade waiting for a train for supposedly his long lost son. He's on the phone with mom saying she was the girl with the hiccups when they made out. Hiccups McGee is the line that he delivers. This scene is admittedly a scene where I laugh. Not when he says hiccups McGee. Oh my McGee, God. Although that was oh just silly. God. When the kid comes off the train, I guess you got to describe what the kid looks like. He looks like him except jacked. Jacked Joe Dirt. And he's like 6'2". The kid pulls out a piece of paper. With a stick figure on it. And that's supposed to be like the photograph he's holding up to see that this guy's his dad. I laughed at the stick figure. I laughed at the kid saying, you're him. And I laughed at David Spade saying, yeah, but without the hat. I, 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 that, that was funny. I smiled mildly at that. Smildly. Kid has a knife. Spade says to go to school for the day, even though it's the last day of school, so he can volunteer at a soup kitchen. Gives him a bear. The kid cuts the bear's head off. Back to the Sandlers. He wants Salma to sew the monkey back together. Salma Exposition explains that they moved back to his hometown so they could get some quiet and some quality family time. There is a lot. And I mean a lot of exposition in this movie. So, but is I there ran enough out, to like, do, you guys, do, you guys, <laughs> do you guys know what his previous profession was? No. He's an actor, right? Because that's why everyone keeps No, he was, a, he was a Hollywood producer. Oh. That's why everyone calls him. He's like a like a infamous like high powered producer. Oh, you mean like? Uh, I can't make the joke. Man. It's so terrible. Oh boy! Oh boy! No, I think we all know where you're going with that one. She wants to have another kid. He uses ordering a pizza as the reason they don't need another kid because they have a perfect amount of slices to go around right now. First time he hasn't had a job since he's 16, and he's enjoying the fun. Becky has a ballet recital at 11. We find out that the oldest kid likes some girl named Nancy Arbuckle, and he only conditions his hair in the shower. As she's driving away, tells him to go to recital. He tries to get out of it. She starts kind of like exclaiming in Spanish. I wrote, oh, I get it. It's because she's the Hispanic one. <laughs> because of the expanding the family thing. There is 
a lot of really poorly written minority parts in this one which is surprising because i feel like i feel like the chris rock one should be nailed down you think they asked him to write no but i just at this point tells these people show up this weekend at this place in cape cod wherever the hell they shot it i got you five million dollars got you five million dollars we'll party we'll drink some beers yeah we'll goof off everybody go home that's it, man. You're not if you want to ask Chris Rock to write for this. Come on, man. That's going to cost you another two to three. Kid only conditions his hair. He says that's not what the deer told me. That deer's a liar. The little girl says I heard too much conditioning can make you go blind. Yes, where he heard that. He says Higgins, which is Spade's character. What conditioning is jerking off, you guys? No, I I cracked that code. Um, I'm more concerned. Like, why is the the eight year old daughter? Making masturbation jokes. So it's funny. With Higgins. With Higgins. Right. Why wouldn't the bro- the younger brother... Not that she made the joke. That she made the joke that she learned from Higgins. I mean... Higgins, if you're not following, is sitting the eight-year-old girl down and explaining to her <laughs> masturbation jokes. The younger brother says the girl in school is the hottest and the older brother is fugly. Sandler says, who cares if he's fugly? Look at him. Look at him and their mother. It doesn't make sense. It would only happen in a movie. There's a lot of that. A lot of jokes that are referring to kind of breaking the fourth wall or whatever. You eating right now? I am. Chewy chips ahoy. Three-step program for getting the girl. Make her smile. Say that she has a nice smile and then say that she has to go out with him that night. Terrible. Gives her less time to think about how fugly he is. Faders aren't afraid of women. That's not how he raised them. Then the younger brother asks about playing football and he says he's too afraid to ask their mother because of the accent nobody understands. Aha! Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Get it? Yeah. Like, because he just made this whole big deal about he's not afraid of anything involving women. Yeah. <laughs> right after it, he, he revealed that he is, in fact, <laughs> afraid of women. <laughs> Dumb kid cycles up to the daughter, does the time math horribly. Daughter asks about the toy monkey. Then he says, you read the street signs. Don't let Bean do that. Then Nick Swartzen pulls up with a school bus. His is wife that, is leaving. Isn't that child too young to ride a bike solo? A hundred percent. Yes. Both of them. There was some mention of like this was his first time or he, because he did something, he was doing it. Yeah. And also like couldn't do, yeah, he couldn't do this in LA. By the way, I'm pretty sure they have pedophiles everywhere. So you, yeah. you got to be careful oh, about yeah, that stuff. Right. Thank God. Thank God in Nantucket we don't have those problems. <laughs> Nick Swartzen pulls up to the school bus. His wife is leaving him after three weeks. She found him eating a banana with his butt. You seem like you're a little extra out of it today. What's what's going on? Yeah, I'm a little medicated. I met a very reliable doctor at a Cypress Hill concert, and uh, he floated me a couple pills just to feel better, you know. But I don't feel better. You feel worse. This is going to be a long hour 40. I'm going to just tell you right now. This motherfucker right here, other than Reno 911, is he gay, by the way? Is he actually gay in real life? No. I don't know. Because every character has like these strains of homosexuality in them which if he's not gay kind of offensive and problematic right yeah maybe maybe he's bi i don't know sexuality is a spectrum i mean i know his brother well where on the spectrum does he fall because like his portrayal this is why i turned into a real critic all of a sudden (laughs) 50 some odd episodes (laughs) in i turned into a real movie critic his portrayal of uh characters that are on the the gay spectrum is cartoonish and all often features deviant behavior, right? They're not just gay. There's like all type, like you know, shoving a banana up his ass and all and that kind of stuff. The dude is never funny to me, other than Reno Nine One One. Before I really knew who he was, he's funny in uh, Grandma's Boy. No, he's not. I like him in Grandma's Boy. No, he's not. 
He's, I've never – and I, I watched his stand-up. Don't ask me why. Not funny. His brother's a good musician. Who's his brother? John Swartzen. Who's John Swartzen? I just know him from Minneapolis. Nick Swartzen tweets, September 23rd, 2013. I'm not gay at all. Not gay. But if Eric Decker wants to have a hot tub wrestling match on Cialis, I'm fucking down, brah. That's his whole – everything is wrapped up. All right, up. we're getting real bogged down on Swartzen. Also, like, you just did the worst name drop of all time. Me? You name drop no, – yes, knowing Nick Swartzen's brother. You got excited that I know Josh Hartnett's sister. That's a different story altogether. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Sandler decides to drive the school bus. Swartzen is asleep and drooling. Sandler remembers Chris Rock's anniversary. He's giving Maya Rudolph shit over it. The kid shits his pants again. I don't know. Rock says he'll abuse the get out of jail free card. Wants to throw a first night of summer party. House isn't big enough, so he wants to use Sandler's house. Rock plans to walk on nice rugs in his boots and drink non-diet sodas. And Sandler says, oh, so you're going full gangsta. I get it. Because he's black. My question from this whole scene: How does Adam Sandler know the school bus route? It didn't bother anybody else. He's making all the stops. Great question. <laughs> that is a great question. <laughs> I was thinking a lot more like high level, like do you know how much clearances you have to have in order to. Uh, that's a very much better question. So, uh, some fat dude in a camo jacket makes fun of Kevin James' daughter with the yeah, shoes she made. Hey, where'd you get those shoes? Losers are us. I made them. You made them? In a toilet? Kids <laughs> like White Precious. Young brother says to leave her alone. White Precious grabs the kid's collar. Sandler says to sit down. Sandler proceeds to bully this child mercilessly. Yeah. Got him. Bully the fuck out of this child mercilessly. I mean, wouldn't you kind of do the same? I'm not making a movie about it, though. Salma Hayek is leaving her clothing store. Sherry O'Terry works there. Wants to know if Sandler talks about her. They used to date in sixth grade. She has a note that he wrote her, which is just him responding to a hair question about a barrette and how he likes his hair, likes her hair. Um, I don't know. School. Some guy had his car vandalized. How many people does this man employ? I don't mean Adam Sandler's character. I mean Adam Sandler. Yeah, there's a lot of people just getting roles, man. This guy is a character from the first movie. I can't remember why. He's the principal, and he also yeah. owns a comedy club that a lot, that like Kevin James, got to start at. So he's plugged into the comedy scene in real life. Or in, in real life, they have Nick Swartzen on a pulley system. I wrote, I have no clue what's happening here. Weekend at Bernie's, yeah. So I misread this situation. They drive by Kevin James, and I wrote, he's flirting with an older <laughs> woman customer. I didn't realize that was his mom <laughs> until much later in the movie. Is Kevin James okay? What do you mean? He does not look healthy. Has he ever looked healthy? What are you talking about? Yeah, he's looked better than this. He looks huge in this movie. He looked like a cartoon character. That's how he was how he's built. Because I feel like he's like half the size in the first movie. Wives are at yoga. Maya's mad at a steroid lady. So I called her Hulk Ho again. Future callback. Before before the party? Yes. Oh, wow. That's impressive. Look at you. You got to take these little victories of these shit movies. Yeah, no, that I'm very proud of you for that one. That's impressive. 10 out of 10. Give it up for Maze. John Lovitz comes in as a janitor, pretending to lead them through exercises. He's being creepy. Real instructor comes in. They're all in love with him. Kid finds a jock strap in the buff woman's bag. Her whole role in this movie is to flex. Like, to be angrily flex. I mean, she works out. Like, she's she's built. I wish I had arms like her. The hot teacher is Oliver Hudson, Kate Hudson's older brother. Oh, for real? That dude is fucking hot. <laughs> that is a good-looking guy. 
Uh, you know, I think he might be on Rules of Engagement. <laughs> yes, he is. Yep. With yep. David Spade. Yeah, he is. 100%. It's <laughs> crazy because I literally have never seen anything he's been on. I thought you loved Rules of Engagement. Hey, Oliver, you got anything going on this weekend? You want to be a gay yoga instructor? <laughs> and maybe wear a costume? All right. <laughs> Need a million dollars? We're in Kmart now, and Nick Swartzen is uh, getting undressed and gets into a bed. Fucking kmart dude the guys are making fun of tim meadows being bald who works there now hey malcolm i didn't know you worked at kmart and apparently the hair on top of your head didn't know it either <laughs> what do me a favor go like this i think i got something in my teeth <laughs> what you know uh, next time you should use that chia pet stuff on your whole head what <laughs> higgins is buying a knife a big knife to counteract his son's knife there's a pepper spray joke in there oh i get it he, his eyes are messed up for Tim Meadows. Oh, I get it. He's he's just going to say what? The guy who sprays himself in the face is a long-time Happy Madison dude. He's even like Adam Sandler's assistant. Nick Swartzen takes a shit in a fake toilet. Tim Meadows' son is going to ask out Chris Rock's daughter. Bumpty! I don't understand their interaction in this whole thing. They're the only two black people there, and it's the only two black kids at the school. And that's how black people interact? Yep. Okay. I can attest to that. Yep. <laughs> Sandler's on an elliptical talking to Higgins and the pepper spray guy. They're talking about how he was a pussy when he was a kid. They're talking about who was more courageous. They're talking about getting in fights. Uh, James didn't jump off the quarry or something. I don't know. My next note pussy. is my next note is Nick Swartzen's head is massive. <laughs> it is so disproportionate from it, it looks like like a TikTok filter gone wrong. His head doesn't make sense compared to his body. I'm terrified for him. I'm worried. Like I thought he had goiters at first on his neck. That's how big everything looks. He pulls a raft string from a box. It blows up in the store. It, you know, knocks him. There's, I don't know, physical comedy. Couple shelves get obliterated. All right. I've, uh, I've put LMAO. Yep. Looks exactly like him. Grandma's boy is dressed like the teacher for mom and dad, and it still doesn't look anything like him. Yo, I swear to God. Dude, I looked at it. I was like, that's what I was talking about. Amin will swear he does if he even remembers this. <laughs> Not as chubby. He needs to gain some more weight. But everything else, the hair, the eyes, the face. The beard, it was exactly him. I felt vindicated. I felt so vindicated. I was like, see? I like I literally stood up and said, see? He doesn't look anything like him. I fucking knew it. I knew it, Maze. I wrote it right here. I'm going to fucking write it right here. He does <laughs> vindicated. Looks exactly like him. Oh, my God. He doesn't look anything like the guy from Mom and Dad. I knew it. <sighs> I fucking knew he was gonna say this all right higgins son's being introduced to the class he punks a nerd out of his seat tim meadow's son is humpty humpty i don't i don't know Humpty. What... all right sure he's got a george jefferson wig a fake nose with glasses kind of like groucho marks dresses like a new york city street baller and talks like urkel yeah he talks like urkel he talks like someone from the 90s oh no he didn't is it racist the way he looks, I mean. I was going to say, do you guys not know any black people? Then I realized, yes, they don't know any black people. <laughs> right, yeah, they don't know any black people. All right. He asks out Chris Rock's daughter, and she says, yes, Dan Patrick is the gym teacher wearing short shorts. Moose knuckle. Climbs a rope. Meadows' kid says something about putting Easter eggs back in the basket. I, my next note, what the fuck have I done? I definitely just realized that we were watching the, I thought we were watching the first one, not the second one, even though I picked Grown Ups 2. For some reason, I got the stories mixed up, and I wish we were watching the first one. Thankfully, it qualifies. Were you worried, like, this one was too too bad? <laughs> that you thought, 
Like I'm trying to figure out what the what the regret is here. So <laughs> No, because I want to discuss the first one, but once I saw once I saw Dan Patrick as the school as the PE teacher, he wasn't the water park worker. That's when I knew I was like, oh no, the water park worker. But then I thought, well, at least I still have the basketball scenes coming up. But those don't that's also in the first one. It was a real roller coaster for me on this one. The guys are leaving Kmart. A woman screams to her small children, I wish I never had you. Sandler says that's why he doesn't want a force. This is a real callback to Problem Child. We got a ginger mom with four problem children, little ginger children, running around screaming. I think that was an Easter egg. Took me back. Kevin James does something called a burp snart, where he burps, sneezes, and then farts. Why? What about this is funny? Who finds this funny? Can I write a shitty script and sell that to Adam Sandler to be made into a movie? Given that he has carte blanche to make whatever the fuck he wants. I'm just tired. I'm just tired, you know? Sandler wears me out. Like, his movies wear me out. There's so much happening while also nothing happening in this movie. It's, it is exhausting. Sandler wants him to teach it. Shaq's a cop and walks out. Asks what's up with the school bus. Lenny says he stole it. Shaq pulls a gun and then does a put your hands in the air. Wave him like you just don't care thing. Says he heard Lenny was having a party tonight. The other cop is apparently someone they knew growing up. He says that uh, the Peter Dante they knew growing up, who stole your parents' car to buy crack cocaine, is dead. Snowmobile, Zach. How dare you? This, oh, whatever. Who cares? This side of the law is much better. We find out Shaq is Tim Meadows' brother. So he's got a terrible balding wig as well. He wants to go to the music recital or dance recital. They're giving him a police escort as they shoot their guns in the air. They had the raft on the bus, and it gets knocked off, and uh, Nick Swartzen jet skis with it, essentially. Comedy. A lot of rafts. Yeah. But not at the swimming hole. <laughs> no. Comedia. <laughs> what? Cinema. What'd you say? Comedia. Comedia. Cinema. <laughs> the dance recital teacher is ridiculously Jesus hot. Christ. Oh, my God. She won a Maxim Hometown Hotties contest in 2008. <laughs> Of course. And she's doing a terrible Russian accent. And David Spade brought her to the set. Kevin James staring into the camera. I, I, I laughed. <laughs> the look on his. Everyone else is ridiculous in the scene. He's the only one that, like, nailed the, like, this is how you creep. Also, Stone Cold Steve Austin is wearing a do-rag. <laughs> I don't know if anyone noticed. I don't know if even anyone on set noticed. No, I didn't notice. We're in a do-rag. Everybody is there checking her out. Lovitz is there. Now they're doing solo dances. His daughter gets one. All the guys are being perverts in the back of the room. John Lovitz is on the catwalk with binoculars. Steve Austin is, doing, is the dance teacher's boyfriend. That's the guy Sandler was too afraid to fight in high school. He's afraid of him. You're my old steroid. He does a Sandler voice thing with his daughter that I'm sure Amin loves. Put it out! All right, now Colin Quinn is running an ice cream stand. Calling them out for uh, being Holly weird people. That was a running thing from the first movie. Uh, he's going to work with Sandler's kid. Machine is broke, so they can't get soft serve. Higgins, who went to DeVry, tells him how to fix it. He gets him positioned to make it look like poop is coming out of him. He can fix anything with a plug. And Colin Quinn says, including your hair. I like that one. I don't know where that, that rumor started. It's another <laughs> one of those nods to the outside it's world. It's meta. It's breaking the fourth wall. I wrote, it's the opposite of the shower gag in Horrible Bosses 2. My next note is, this bit has lasted a while. My next note after that, phobe. <laughs> you just pencil me in for that, if you want. The soft serve did it, huh? That was the breaking point, yeah. I mean, this is historic. 
This is a Zach Phobe on his own pick. The second self-phobe in Cinephobe history for Zach Harper. The quickest self-phobe. <laughs> <laughs> for Zach Harper on Cinephobe. Principal gives a speech about the school year being over. He gets more blue paint dumped on him. I'm afraid I just blew myself. White Precious yells at the young son. Older sons want to do something. They go to this fence. I don't know. Keep out. That makes me want to not keep out. That's Higgins' kid. There's a party at this quarry with a lake. It's college kids. Higgins wants to stay. He gets undressed and dives off the rock. Drunk girl gives them beers. They lie about their age. The whole watering hole scene. Ridiculously problematic. Yeah, there's a lot going on. Have you guys ever heard of Flotopia at UC Santa Barbara? No. Basically this in the ocean. But I just like the word Flotopia. I do like Flotopia. I like that. Now the dads go to do the jump. They see the party from the college kids. Taylor Lautner and some bros try to kick them out. Okay. They call them old and fat. So it's Taylor Lautner, Milo Ventilomelia, who's like 32. <laughs> Jimmy Tatro, who I like from like YouTube videos and, and random shit. And then Patrick Schwarzenegger. Really? Yeah. Okay. Is he the housekeeper's son? Oh, boy. <laughs> oh, boy. All right. That's when Chris Rock delivers this devastating line. I haven't been around this many arrogant white college kids since Eminem played Duke. I laughed. <laughs> Can't what? Laugh. I laughed at that. I, my next note is, how is it that comedians aren't funny? Mazes how. <laughs> There's an elaborate handshake. Make fun of them with a normal handshake. Bros making fun of hanging drywall in their professions. Spade calls it a long hand job. Lautner won't let them do the jump. He starts doing some dance fighting stuff. They're discussing a potential fight amongst themselves. Meanwhile... All the other kids over there are dancing to teach me how to Dougie, and I felt more 2013 than I've ever felt in life. Yeah, that's a very 2013 moment. The drunk bikini girl from Easy A and her friend are grinding up on the older sons. The friend is Paulina Gretzky. What, the girl from uh, was she? No, she was she from the Neighbors. That, is, is is in this was too? She the daughter I don't know if that's the same one. Housekeeper. Fuck Zach, you fucked up my joke, man. Damn it, Zach! I bet it was going to be amazing. You want to deliver it again? No, it's all right. Let's keep going. All right. Kevin James needs 15 minutes to stretch before they fight. Chris Rock says he can't fight these kids because he's skinny Danny Glover. I actually did like this line. David Spade says, guys, this guy is doing 11 flips in a row behind you for some reason. They're not going to fight. Sandler says that they have kids. They're not going to fight them. Bro calls Spade Betty White. They call their frat boys over. It's a large frat. They're going to make them jump instead of walk away, jump naked. They hurt themselves on the jump, jump... Kevin James jumps onto David Spade. <laughs> Hold on. I was inside you. If they're going to make you jump, how do they control whether you're naked? Why don't you just run off and jump? That's a great question. They do their clothes in the water anyway. Also, they came to the swimming hole to, to jump. jump. But just for Kevin James to jump. Okay, so why does he strip? I don't know. And then Chris Rock yells, I can't believe nobody's scared of a black guy anymore. Damn you, Obama. David Spade's son has already tattooed soup kitchen my ass on his arm somehow. There is one line in there that did make me laugh. Chris Rock said, we're going to let you guys continue your clan meeting in a minute. One of them said it. Who cares? Kids notice that they saw their dad's dick. Tires are slashed. It was Higgins' kid. I don't know. Mac Weldon will be the most comfortable underwear, socks, shirts, undershirts, hoodies, and sweatpants, and more that you will ever wear. They have a line of silver underwear and shirts that are naturally antimicrobial, which means they eliminate odor. They want you to be comfortable, so if you don't like your first pair of underwear, you can keep it, and they will still refund you no questions asked. Not only does Mac Weldon's underwear, socks, and shirts look good, they perform well, too. It's good for working out, going to work, going out on dates, just everyday life. 
Mack Weldon really does value its loyal customers. That's why they've created the Weldon Blue Loyalty Program. Here's how it works. Create an account. It's totally free. Level 1, place an order for any amount and never pay for shipping again. Level 2, once you purchase $200 worth of products from Mack Weldon, not only will you continue to receive free shipping, but you will also start saving 20% on every order you make for the next year. Level 2 also grants you access to new products before they're released to anyone else, as well as free gifts added to future orders. I have some Mack Weldon socks, Mack Weldon underwear, and I'm wearing my Mack Weldon sweatpants right now. It's fantastic. I wear it all the time. It's a quarantine. You never leave the house. You gotta have Mack Weldon sweats. For 20% off your first order, visit MackWeldon.com and enter promo code DING. That's promo code DING, D-I-N-G. The buff woman is Higgins' booty call. There's a Fabio joke. There's a domestic violence joke. Kevin James is pounding five-hour energies and then does the burp snart thing again. I drink it for the taste. They put Spade in a tire and roll him down a hill. Why? Why? What was the point of this? I'll tell you you why. I'll tell you why. We built this montage. We built this montage on CGI. Shaq is a dancing traffic cop. The tire damages a cop car. Shaq does a hood slide and dents the hood (laughs) of the car. Because he's big. Everybody's running through the town after him. It rolls over Swartzen. Shaq stops the tire with his crotch, I guess. With his dick. A lot of weird CGI. His dick. Spade projectile vomits. Now the frat house has been vandalized. It's made to look like the old guys did it. They're going to go kill the old guys. They start fighting each other for some reason. They start chanting, kill, kill, kill. And I wrote, and then they marched to Charlottesville. (laughs) Sandler is trying to get his youngest kid to be a football kicker. He makes the first kick attempt. Coaches and players notice. The middle schooler makes like a 40-yarder. He tells him, never back down. He also says, it's like soccer which you're good at, which I just love. That's the exposition that I'm here for. (laughs) Kevin James' daughter is cheering him on awkwardly. Sandler tries to pretend that he's going to go block the kick. He trips on a sprinkler, lands on the kid's leg, breaks it. Coaches say, all right, that kid's dead. Back to work. Good stuff. Rock and his son are are there for a driving test. Steve Buscemi is the driver. Now, if you mess around and get yourself killed, I'm going to have to kill you. (laughs) Because he'll already be dead. He references it. Oh, because he'll already be dead. Oh. They reference something from the first movie, which is his arms being up. Did you guys get that? This was the only thing that I knew that I didn't get. Yeah, like he like breaks his arms from the water park issue, and then he's in a cast the whole time, and it looks like he's saying, like, you know, the kick is good. Oh, that's what that was. I wrote the note. There's no way you guys get that. <laughs> Cops drop Higgins' son off with him. He says, boo. Higgins jumps into Shaq's arms. Kevin James is now talking to what I find out is his mom. <laughs> Someone he was cheating with. <laughs> well, he's so startled when he gets caught. <laughs> he is. That's what, and then I find out, like, mom, like, I was real confused. Maria walks in and busts him for lying about his appointment. On the TV, it's a soap opera. Chris Berman is someone named Ronaldo. Chris Berman? <laughs> what the God damn it. This movie was made to appeal to people who watch ESPN and implore everyone to stick to sports. Like, if you loved Sports Center in the 90s, this movie is for you. I wrote, I stopped watching at this point. I'll go back to it at some point. But seeing Chris Berman gave me a level of rage I didn't know existed when I see his face. What the fuck is this? Then I started watching it again the next day. Okay, I'm back. Sandler's at the doctor reviewing his son's broken leg and he's... Hold on, I like that you... <laughs> I used to do that when I wrote it when I wrote in the, in the diary. Like, you know, I tried to keep a diary for like two weeks yeah. and I stopped. 
But like you would say, you would say, thing, hold on, I have to go to the bathroom. <laughs> okay, I'm back. Like, why was that documented? Why didn't you just go to the I bathroom? I don't know. I don't know. Because I didn't know when I was going to come back to it. I don't know. I guess it felt like I needed to say I was back. You needed to motivate yourself to return. <laughs> Sandler's tried to minimize the severe break in his kid's leg. I wrote, I guess this back and forth is funny. I don't know if you want to clip it in. The doctor is the director of the movie, Dennis Dugan. Is there anything you can do about my wife staring at me? Uh, no, I'm not a psychiatrist. So you're saying my wife is crazy? No, no. I was joking. Like you were when you said his leg is broken. Look, your son is going to be wearing that cast the entire summer. You don't mind. I haven't slept in 68 hours. So you're a little loopy from lack of sleep, and that really isn't my son's bone. That's a piece of celery you snapped. Lenny, yes. the leg is broken. Está rota, hecha pedazos, pulverizada. You can't undo this, and you lied to me. So you're gonna pay for it. Doctor, wouldn't it be nice if there was a cure for anger? There is. It's called Jack Daniels. Hmm. Another one of your jokes, huh? I wish. Cut to the driver's test with Chris Rock's kid. The frat bros pull up alongside. He lies and says he's hammered, taking the test to impress them. Scully! They're looking for the old townies. They drive off and Buscemi says, taking your test while intoxicated? Minus five points. <laughs> yeah, I'm MC Hammered. Rock is at his appointment and he's supposed to be there by four at the latest. It's 3.59. We find out that the appointment is his mother-in-law. <laughs> oh my God. She's complaining to Maya. She runs to the bathroom. He makes his move to show up at the door. She can't get the, to the door. He leaves a we'll be back tomorrow. She also yells at one point, I've got bunions, which is a callback to the first movie where there's a bunion joke. No! No! You burn in hell! You cable install it! Damn it! Higgins is talking to his kid about Hiccups McGee's nickname. He's trying to bury the hatchet with videos of squirrels water skiing. It seems to have worked. I mean, did you see the paint job on his van? No, I slipped through this. It was kind of a cool <laughs> Star Wars paint job. Should go back before that rental expires. Check it out. You should go back again for this scene. Maria and Kevin are talking about the appointment with his mom, and my only note is, damn, he's fat. She flips it real quick, too. She's immediately conciliatory. She is way too hot for him. Every single wife in this movie... Even Maya. Probably, yeah. They're talking about looking at other hot people. They pull up to a cheerleader car wash. What does even Maya mean, you fucking asshole? Well, I would say that, like, Chris Rock and Maya are, like, a good-looking couple. Like, together. Why? Because they're black? Jesus Christ. (laughs) (laughs) They pull up to a cheerleader car wash. They want an extra soapy. The boy cheerleaders come over because the girls are busy. It's essentially the Lonely Island crew, Bobby Moynihan, Will Forte, another SNL guy. Yeah, and a guy who was on SNL for like the year that this movie was made. <laughs> right, exactly. White short shorts, full slate of moose knuckles, cherry pie blasting. She's enjoying it. One of them licks the bird shit off the windshield. <laughs> and I wrote, this was a potentially funny bit until the bird shit thing. That's not funny. And that's not like pushing the envelope. This is the most homoerotic dudes getting wet near a car scene since Zoolander, though. I did like Bobby Moynihan grabbing one of the guys and rubbing the window with his with his taint. Like a sponge. I thought that was that was great. I also love Bobby Moynihan. I also love Will Forte very much. The girl chillers are watching are washing the driver's test car. Shaq is getting washed too. The other cops scrub Shaq's nipples. What is happening? <laughs> Means you sleep through all this too? Yes. All right. Sandler family dinner time. Family dinners for everyone. It's a montage of family dinners. 
Convo about getting ice cream, burp snarting. You prepared us your famous chicken a la food poisoning. Principal is covered in blue. The party will be the 80s theme. Kevin James Kid remains stupid. I don't know why I wrote that line, but he does something stupid. He eats butter and calls it vanilla pudding. Oh, that's right. I did really enjoy the look on Maya Rudolph's face when uh, her daughter says they bumped the asked her out. I didn't notice. I don't know. I like Maya Rudolph. Yeah, I like her too. I like a lot of people that are in this movie. Unfortunately, it's this movie. Yeah, and then I wrote something I can't stand as a comedy shtick. It feels like a, such a flyover state love thing. The young kid saying something stupid and the only comedic part is that he's young. It's just stupid. It's not funny. We got to stop this. Yeah, Wisconsin. Older Sandler brother slams his brother's broken leg on the table. I was like, how is that okay? Also, why is the broken leg on the table? Another great question. I guess you got to keep it elevated, right? Keep the swelling down? Yeah, maybe. Tim Meadows' kid shows up for Chris Rock's daughter, says, what up, player? I'm here for your daughter. Chris Rock throws a pitcher of soda on him. He says, what? This is a running theme of that's what their family does. It doesn't matter. Sandler meets the stud muffin workout guy at the grocery store. Sherry Terry walks up to him and says it's awkward. He doesn't know what she's talking about. It's just this is so fucking stupid. Just like, oh, about the grocery store and seven characters. And everyone in the town is here. We all grocery shop at the same time. Steve Buscemi is apparently married to Sherry O'Terry in this movie. She slips Sandler a note. The note says, meet me by your mailbox at 11. Salma Hayek walks up and she eats the note. (laughs) Get it? Got him. Older Sandler brother is working the ice cream shop. Nancy Arbuckle is a customer. She's the hot girl from Neighbors. He crushes the ice cream cones. He makes her smile, says she has a nice smile, then says, go out with me tonight before your friends say I'm fugly. She agrees. That easy, boys. Colin Quinn says that Sandler used to do the same thing. Then he throws an ice cream scoop at the wall and hits a coworker and knocks her out. I don't understand that. You know, you gotta end that poignant scene with a with assault, physical comedy gag. Tim Meadows kids with Rock's daughter. He's rhyming. Oh my god, Bumpty! I ain't no boy with the mind you can toy. Cause if this is a ploy, I'll destroy Illinois. It is so amazing how you can freestyle like that. I've been laying it down truthful since day one. Chicka, 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 woo, woo. I wrote the note, this is 100% what Sandler thinks of black people. That they're just always rhyming. His wig got, like, crazier in this scene? I don't know. I don't know. I mean, have you woken up at any point here? Yes, I'm awake here, and I'm thinking to myself, what the hell is going on? (laughs) (laughs) He sees a frog and yells dinosaur and then falls back in fear? Comedy! Kids are discussing the 80s. They don't know who Bruce Springsteen is. This was just so they could relive the 80s. This whole thing. Sandler freaks about not wanting a baby. Salma walks away and cries. He apologizes. She's mad it happened in front of the children. He asks if it's menopause. She cries some more. He wants to adopt a 20-year-old with a job. Wants to concentrate on them. Find out she's pregnant. Doorbell rings. Damn you, Motel 6 hot tub! Chris Rock is dressed as Prince. Because they fucked in it, Zach. Oh, that's what... Oh, okay. So that's how they got the other babies. They went to a Motel 6. Because he got her pregnant, Zach. The wealthy Hollywood producer fucked his hot wife at a Motel 6. Gotcha. It's fertile. And I wrote, holy shit, Kevin James looks awful. <laughs> I'm, I, I'm concerned, for real. Like, this is what... Like, he looks fat in this movie. When he's dressed as Meatloaf, not actual Meatloaf, but the, the singer meat, Meatloaf. No, it's not actual Meatloaf because he would have ate it. Oh, because he's fat. Yes. Do you think he has diabetes in this movie? I think he got diabetes to make this movie. <laughs> it's called method acting. David Spade is dressed as Oates. His son is dressed as Hall. 
It's not a real party. Sandler says the real party is over. They're old. Kevin James has a survival fanny pack. But for some reason, the joke here is that when they pull the string from the fanny pack, the raft comes out again, knocking everybody to the ground. I didn't get that. I remember being confused. The callback, baby. No, but, but why would the raft be in his fanny Because <laughs> it's a survival fanny pack. I, d- I don't and know. That's how you survive tough situations is with the giant boner raft. And then he jumps on a table and says, don't ever say the party's over. And then the table breaks because he's so fat, you guys. Now the party's going. People are there dressed like different 80s characters. That's the point of this whole scene, just so they can look at people dressed as the 80s. Adam Sandler dresses the same in every movie. Basketball shorts, baggy t-shirt, yeah, jeans, a hat turned backwards. My next note, oh no, this isn't the one with the basketball scene in it. That took you like an hour and a half. It took me a long time. I kept waiting because it's at the end of the first movie. Spoiler alert. Uh, (laughs) Tim Meadows is also dressed like Prince because he's the other black guy. Exactly. And then Chris Rock says, you look like Morgan Freeman if he was a transvestite. And I wrote, that didn't age well. You should have came as Seal on a hunger strike. He confuses Tim Meadows' wife for the son. We get another what joke. Bumpty. Spade's buff woman is dressed like Hulk Hogan. That was that was vindication. <laughs> I, I stood up. I gave myself a little a little lap of the, the apartment for that one. He bites her bicep. Kevin James is watching it with his stupid kid. Okay. And they're laughing at him. This is bad parenting. I thought it was his stupid kid, but I think it's just a random kid dressed as ZZ Top. It's a stupid kid. No, it's a stupid kid. No, because his stupid kid comes in later in the party and he's not dressed like ZZ Top. He's just sitting with a kid that's not his? <laughs> watching so. two people make out? I think so. Motherfucker, what? Who the fuck does he think he is? Anthony Mays? Ma! The meatloaf! <laughs> Swartzen is dressed as boy George. He's talking to the workout instructor. He struggles with women. Sandler puts his daughter to bed as Salma Hayek takes advantage of like a secret drink table. She plays quarters, sinks it, and says it's as easy as making a free throw, and then Shaq frowns. Granted, remember, this is Shaq, police officer in the movie, not Shaquille O'Neal. There's also the secret button bullshit and like, when when Sandler does it, everything clearly spills. <laughs> it trashes the fuck out of the table. We find out that Kevin James' dumb kid is naturally a great pianist. Um, he exclaims his boy is a genius before the Easy burp miss. snart happens Easy again. Pian- he meant piano. Player. Pianist. Pianist, yeah. Sandler's daughter wants him to lay down until she falls asleep, wants a story. Then he hears the Jay Giles band, who is known for that centerfold song, shows up to play the party. And all I could think of is to America. Yeah, 100%. But also, to be fair, to Americas of a certain age. Yes, 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 because yes, yes. If you are like 10 to 12 years older than me, I feel like, that was the shit. That was like, oh, yeah, we're about to get hammered this weekend, bro. <laughs> I never knew the band. So I knew the song, and I was trying to get the note of what of what the band is that he said. So I look up the song title. I find out it's Jay Giles' band. Then I search the band's name in Grown Ups 2, and I got this brief article from the Boston Globe on July 24th, 2012. The Jay Giles band is no stranger to the big screen. The Boston band's songs have been used in movies ranging from Fever Pitch and Anger Management to Fright Night and The Falcon and the Snowman. Falcon and the Snowman, great fucking movie, by the way. 
But Monday, the band itself filmed a scene for Adam Sandler's Grown Ups 2 in Swampscott. Peter Wolf, Seth Justman, and the rest of the guys, minus guitarist Jay Giles, who's at odds with his mates at the moment, performed three songs during the filming of a pool party scene. While 400 extras frolicked, the band played Centerfold, Where Did Our Love Go, and Ain't Nothing But a House Party. Sandler, who's taken to starting each morning on the public basketball court at Phillips Park, happily signed autographs for passers-by Monday, and the New Hampshire native was joined on the court by his co-stars, Nick Swartzen and Peter Dante. This makes all the sense in the world. This movie was made to appeal to basically Bill Simmons. Yes. If you're of that age and you're from that part of the country... This is a big moment. This is right right down the middle, like high heat. My next note... Can it be the Jay Giles band if Jay Giles isn't there? They were doing the scene minus Jay Giles, who's at odds with his mates at the moment. Well, to be fair, it is the Jay Giles band. But he's not there, so shouldn't it just be banned? But they're always the Jay Giles band. He's just <sighs> Jay Giles. I guess. I don't know. Diana Ross and the Supremes. If the Supremes show up, they don't become less than Supremes. It's not Jay Giles and the band. What about the Pips? Jay Giles' band. No Gladys Knight? Gladys Knight's not there. Are they? But the difference is, in all of these, they're like, name in the name. What about Sade? Because Sade technically is the name of the band. Not- That's a great question. That one I don't know. Is this interesting podcasting? It's better than the movie. Well, we solved that one, boys. Sandler wants to go out there. He tries to give his daughter NyQuil. Now he tells her a story about a hand. Here's the story. Once upon a time, there was a hand. And the hand face-raked a child. Sleep, sleep, sleep. I rewound this five times and put closed captioning on because I thought he said face rape. When he said once upon a time there was a hand, moments after grabbing codeine, basically. Yeah. I, w- <laughs> I really, that's when it really hit home that what kind of Hollywood producer he was, even though at the time I thought he was. <laughs> well, because I wrote, because when I thought it was face raped, and again, I rewound it five times, could not decipher what it was, had to turn on closed captioning. I was just like, what the fuck? Like, that's the joke you put? Because honestly, would it shock you? It's a different time. Like 10 years earlier, he makes that joke. Oteri and Buscemi show up. She stops the mailbox. He's dressed up as Flava Flav. He does an offensive impression. How do you do, fellow kids? Daughter falls asleep, then wakes up because the toy monkey isn't there. He goes down to get them. Asks Swartzen, why is he he naked when he's in his underwear in the kitchen? He says global warming. Uh, Turns out the workout instructor sewed the monkey together. He learned it at gay camp. Or that was a joke. He learned from his dad, who was a tailor. Sandler is happy the monkey is whole. He's happy the instructor is gay. And then he points out a pee stain on Nick Swartzen's tidy whities and I wrote, why? Did that make anybody laugh? Oh, it gets better. Does it? It gets better. Like, keep going. Okay. Pee humor is your next... Oh, your, yeah. Your turnpike. Just stay with us. The band is playing, and someone is giving a beer bong to a dog. Bowser. Peter Dante screams, I am the law. He's in his underwear skiing on the roof, shooting his guns into the air. I am the law! He falls in the pool. Shaq breaks the diving board, then pees in the pool, and everybody freaks out. And this is a callback to the first movie. Oh, Oh, is that? They do it at a water park in the first movie. Because there's like a detector or something? Yeah, and they're like, that's just an old wives' tale. That's not true. And then it happens. But he pees, and it literally is like the... Exxon Valdez oil spill. I'm afraid I just blew myself. Colin Quinn and Sandler's son shows up. Sandler's kid accidentally unplugs the equipment and we hear Chris Rock's daughter sing. She's great and they're amazed. The crowd cheers. Because I slept through the part where she expressed. She says she likes to sing, yeah. Like, I was just like, what the fuck? (laughs) (laughs) Why did this happen? Shout out to the Jay Giles band using one extension cord. Right. Exactly. But also just imagine the extreme confusion. (laughs) 
<laughs> All of a sudden, she just singing. I'm like, what? What's going on here? Why is it right? Yeah, that's fair. It just made me feel like everyone's doing talent show, right? Did you guys know I could sing? Yeah. Like, did you guys know? I, uh, you know, oh, I do stand up. Like, these are some of my zingers. Eminem at a Duke concert, right? Like, everybody in the movie felt like they were doing, trying to like show their hidden talent or their not so hidden talent because we know that's what they do. Um. All right. Meadows' kid insults her and raps and fuck this movie. I don't know. Maybe you should stick to the shower, cause I got the power. I'm on today's show. This about Lauer. Bumpty, do me a favor and shut your mouth before I slap that mohawk into a chin strap. Woo! Stone Cold and the hot teacher show up. Sandler sees them, wants to know who invited them. His wife did. He's insulting uh, Sandler. White Precious is bullying the youngest kid, and that's when Sandler sees it and decides to stand up to Stone Cold Steve Austin and wants an apology for bullying him. He demands it. Says there isn't a statute of limitations on being a dick. Now Sandler says they're going to fight and that he needs to show his son how to stand up for himself. As they circle each other, Austin says that his son is in Afghanistan. He gets it. Sandler says that he raised him right and hope he gets home safe. That's when Austin says to hit him on the chin, he'll go down like a sack of potatoes. He goes to punch him, and Austin flinches and cowers instead. He says, just go with it. He said it! Oh, oh, sorry. My bad. Wrong movie. <laughs> says to open his fist. The only reason he picked on him is because he was afraid of Adam Sandler, and then whispers, I didn't believe anybody would believe that you could knock me out. You don't have to go into too much detail. He basically pretends to be afraid. And- yeah, all right. Threatens him in the future. Austin walks away. Crowd cheers. Frat bros show up. Storm the party. Lautner says everybody needs a beating there. Higgins' kid says he did it. Not the town. He needs to make fun of people for never leaving the town. That's when Colin Quinn, Sandler's villain in the first one, says that uh, Sandler did leave town, made huge money, and then came back. Something about it being his home. Bros make fun of it. Want to fight. They want to fight the bros. They charge each other. I wrote, are they going to punch women? There's a fight montage. Does any of this matter? Do I need to describe it? Who are these people at the party? I don't know. My next note, how is Nick Swartzen's head bigger than his entire body? (laughs) Maya outs that Hulk Hogan has a dick. My next note, I think you can see Shaq's dick in this fight montage. Smurf principal dies off a treehouse, lands on four people, and then everyone turns blue. Taylor Lautner's beating up Sandler. His daughter gives Lautner the monkey toy. The deer charges him and maybe impales him. I I don't know. And then I wrote the note, I'm pretty sure we're getting deer urine, and then we didn't. Shocker. Lautner hits him with a ridiculous roundhouse kick to the face. JCVD would be proud. Yeah, that was some, like, fucking JCVD stuff, yeah. Now everybody is at Kevin James' mom house, uh, eating food. We get old photos. Eating breakfast in the middle of the night? <laughs> I don't know. We get some wisdom from the mom about having a fourth kid. Sandler comes home, gets in bed with chips. He wants to talk about the pregnancy thing, speaks to her womb. He jokes about studying ballet for the teacher. As they're about to fool around, he burp snarts and is happy that he figured it out. And that's the end of the movie. Lenny, grow up. Brad Pitt was supposed to be the role of the school teacher. He declined due to scheduling for conflicts. Quote Jesus Christ. I, I love that guy. Oh, oh, sorry, Adam. I've got... Um scheduling rob schneider turned down the movie due to scheduling conflicts and his wife was having a baby during production not because there was a falling out with adam sandler adam sandler's first sequel the same house that was used in that's my boy yeah this milo dude that you mentioned is apparently 36 at the time supposed (laughs) to be a frat guy milo ventilomelia from gilmore girls earned the biggest shutout in the history of the razzie awards nine nominations no wins 
Record was later broken by Transformers, The Last Night. What beat it? Uh, Adam Sandler did win the Kids' Choice Award for Favorite Movie Actor, though. What was worse than this movie in 2013? Hey, all right. This is a loaded category. Worst picture. The 34th Annual Raspberry Awards. Our winner, Movie 43. Wow. (laughs) And our runners-up, After Earth and Grown Ups 2. Oh, my God. What a fucking year for Cinephobe. Worst director was all of the directors from Movie 43 over Dennis Dugan and M. Night Shyamalan. Jaden Smith (laughs) beat out Adam Sandler. Wow. Disagree. (laughs) Acting his ass off at the end of that movie. Kidding me? (laughs) Worst supporting actor, Will Smith, beat Taylor Lautner and Nick Swartzen. Kim Kardashian and Temptation Confessions of a Marriage Counselor beat Salma Hayek. Worst screen combo, Jaden and Will Smith beat the entire cast of Grown Ups 2. Worst screenplay, Movie 43. Wow. Wow. 2013, man. Dark year for Cinephobe. Real great year for Cinephobe, if you ask me. (laughs) Glass half full kind of guy. All right, Golden Dumpster nominees. Wait, Uh, whoa, 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 whoa. Okay. We've got a Tony Medley. All I say is, is there an after? Is an after credit scene. <laughs> Tony Medley. I've been at this for quite a while. You don't write as many critiques of films as I have without picking up a few tricks. One of mine is the ability to wipe every vestige of an Adam Sandler movie from my memory after I've finished writing about it. Since I like to see films de novo without knowing much about them going in, I'd forgotten that I had seen the first of these films, Grown Ups, 2010. <laughs> and that it had starred Sandler along with Chris Rock, Kevin James, and David Spade, and been directed by Dennis Dugan. So when the opening scene is one of Sandler's face in bed with his wife, my heart went down to my toes, realizing that I was stuck for more than an hour and a half seeing this unfunny Saturday Night Live alum trying to be funny yet again. The opening scene continued and confirmed my dire anticipation about a deer who has invaded Sandler's bedroom. But if I thought that this was as ridiculous as the movie could get, I was sadly mistaken. The movie plunged downhill from there. What I wrote about the first is even more appropriate to this one, so I will repeat it here. The film is a complete and utter waste of time. Let's face it, none of these guys are actors. They are stand-up comedians. It takes talent to create on-screen chemistry, and that's a level of talent that is beyond their ken. Amen, brother. He just said that to himself. Amen, brother. <laughs> I, thought, I thought you were that thank you. No, really- that's him. <laughs> With the same cast, this film is worse than just not being funny. It is offensive, crude, vulgar, and appeals to the lowest level of taste and refinement. It is replete with disgusting, puerile, urination, and scatological gags, which appear in most of Sandler and Dugan's films, leading one to wonder if they will ever reach the age of reason and start thinking like adults. The children in the film use the same gutter language as the adults, and I guess that's supposed to be funny. Not. Added to the cast is Shaquille O'Neal, a former basketball player. O'Neal, which is amazingly misspelled... After five words earlier being properly spelled, at first he spells it the right way, then spells it O apostrophe N E I L L. With this being twice the size of Shaquale Onale, it's safe to say that this was done in his 15 foot stage. O'Neill was a horrible free throw shooter, but he was better at the free throw line than he is before the camera. That said, O'Neill gives the best performance in this movie, which gives you a taste for how bad everything really is. Worse than all I've said above is the script. 
The characters are so simplistically ridiculous that they don't even rise to the level of caricature. The scenes, story, and incidents are ludicrous. It's not surprising that Sandler is a co-writer with Fred Wolf and Tim Hurley, but it's a sad commentary that three people couldn't come up with something better and on a higher intellectual plane than this. As for Dugan... He seems to be intentionally creating a list of the worst movies ever made, adding this to You Don't Mess With the Zohan, and I now pronounce you Chuck and Larry. The MPAA in its Hollywood wisdom has given this a PG-13 rating, so all the bad language, deplorable incidents, and low moral tone apparently are less destructive to children than seeing a woman's nipple, which generally ensures an R rating. Go figure. You want to guess the, the score out of 10? I mean, if it's not a 1, it's got to be like... No, it's, it's a one, right? One out of ten? Okay, it's a zero. Zero out of ten. Oh, wow. He did it. He went to zero. Now Rob. we've got some golden dumpsters to go with. <sighs> Rob Schneider, Missing the Sequel. Maya Rudolph, John Lovitz is the Pervy Janitor. Bumpty Flazoo, Burp Snart, Chris Rock's one-liner, Shaq, the male cheerleader, Car Wash, Officer Dante's Roofski, and Taylor Lautner's Roundhouse Kick. I mean? I guess for me, I'm going to go... Glass half full. I'm gonna go with the the line where Joe Dirt meets his son. Oh, with the the, the note, yeah, the yeah. stick figure drawing. Okay. Yeah, I, like I, I legit thought that scene was funny. So I'm gonna go with Kevin James Waite. <laughs> You're really piling on. He was built like a dust. I'm just I'm blown away. I'm not trying to fat shame. I'm legitimately worried in 2013 for Kevin James. <laughs> retroactively if we had time travel maze i would go back to 2012 and make sure he was okay bro you don't look too good yeah i'm sure you could go find him now <laughs> you don't think it got better? i don't think there's a statute of limitations on being a dick <laughs> maze what's your golden dumpster my golden dumpster is fucking bumpty flazoo man i don't even oh, know man. what the fuck happened with that I also know. i don't know if it's bumpty flazoo or bumpty flazoo I saw both spellings out there. What? What? All right. Yeah. Phobe. I don't need to explain it. This movie's terrible. (laughs) This movie is, it's just aggressively bad. And it, and it's worse me because I thought we were getting the first one. Yeah. Cause you actually had like expectations. Yeah. I had expectations. I was like, Oh, I think it'll be fun to talk about these certain scenes. And then it was just so disappointing that, that I that I fucked that up. But whatever, I'm blaming Sandler. It's a phobe. I found myself thinking quite often during this movie, what a life Adam Sandler has and how empowered this man is to really just do whatever the hell he wants to do. Yeah. It's inspiring. This movie was relentless. It was so many characters, so many scenes. It was just a huge volume shooter but then we'll slow it down for five minutes of David Spade in a CGI tire. And yeah, it's a, it's a hard phobe. I, I'm, I'd skip the first one to phobe the second. Let's do it. Uh, mean? You know, when we first started this, <laughs> I made up my mind that what, whatever Zach voted, I was going to vote for <laughs> <laughs> Did you think I was going to file this? I didn't, I didn't know. I honestly really? Know, wow! But I, I, okay. I kept my my the doors open, right? Uh huh. And a funny thing happened. <laughs> Not this movie. I, yeah. <laughs> I can't bring myself to file file. It's so bad. It's so bad. It's Is so it the bad. worst movie we've done? Nah. No. Theodore, <laughs> yeah, it's Theodore Rex. Theodore Rex <laughs> has the belt forever. <laughs> Although I would rather watch Theodore Rex than watch this. I think. 
because okay. I, I laughed at Theodore Rex. Right. Right. I didn't it was laugh. just the cookies, the cookie part alone. <laughs> yeah, for real. We'll get you. <laughs> oh man, this this is a foe, but I also hope it stands to end this feud. Can we now say, all right, we've done it, we've hurt each other, we can go back to picking movies that are kind of bad, as opposed to just trying to. Can we call a truce? Is what I'm asking here, Zach. Wow. Because I kind of feel like you staggered, you staggered yourself even with this one, and so this is one of those things where like you're the president of your country and you look out the window with a grave look on your face. <laughs> but at what cost? At what cost will we win this war? So right now, Zach, I'm the Soviet Union. You're the United States. Do you agree to a disarmament? Maze, I want. I don't want to create extra work for you here, but I would love it if you cut in the rant from a couple of weeks ago where Amin said he was going to hurt me. Okay, no, I would I just love that. it if you could just give, no. do like a dream sequence uh, sound, like like a flashback truce, and everything, the truce and is cut off. that the in. The truce is off. The truce is off because I try to extend an olive branch, <laughs> and you took it as a sign of the truce is off. I didn't take it as a sign of weakness. It is a sign of weakness, you fucking coward. You think I can't go worse than this movie? You think that Whose this was it? the is biggest blow is I could do? You played the worst card you had. You played the one that the only one that could hurt me. Brother. That was the shortest moment of peace ever in this podcast. Brother, I, I have so many. I have a li- You know what my biggest problem is? My biggest problem is I have so many terrible movies that aren't rentable. They're, they're free. I have to search for ones. No, no. You know what? You know what your biggest problem is? You started a war with a fucking powerhouse. That's what's your biggest problem is, right. is that you're out of artillery. Okay. And I got fucking well, not. nukes. Not even, I got not even nukes not even shooting out of my dick right now. I've got so many nukes. Dick nuke them. <laughs> Next time we make love, you introduce me to Jade. tell you right now right now in the white house in in your white house there are double agents living in there <laughs> who are planting nukes under your fucking toilet seat inside your desk i'm gonna detonate them all and i'm gonna laugh you know why but here's the thing i mean go ahead you go ahead okay i was gonna say you know you know what you can detonate those nukes so the problem is your head will be in the toilet as i shit on it that's the problem, okay? You heard it here first, America. I try to be the good guy. You don't want to see the good guy. He wants to see the bad guy. So I'll is this your guy. Alvin Gentry? My Alvin Gentry? Is that, was, that, was that the voice you were just doing right now? That's the Chips Ahoy voice. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like Alvin Gentry. <laughs> you think, you think, like, you know what's funny? I was considering the truce until you pulled back. And now you want to be tough. Why you did I pull tough. back? Did I pull back? No, because- you, 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 you coward. No, you pulled back because I thought it would be funny to put in the rant. Because I just want to, I just want to show how weak you are. Zach didn't even really respond to your offer. I didn't. I <laughs> just, just asked for a little bit of production. He asked for some production, like some liner notes behind the scenes shit. And then you're like, fuck the truth. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you should have kept with your truths. No, you should. You have no you idea. 
idea what's coming. <laughs> no idea. You got, here's the thing. I'm immune now. No, 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 no. Trust me, you're not. No, you booked, Trust you me, the, you're not. You picked the worst Grown Ups movie, and you, st- like, <laughs> think about that. You tried to pick Grown Ups to help me. <laughs> you picked the wrong one, which is absolutely way worse. And, and I, 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 I sneezed at it. I gave you a scene that uh-huh. was funny. I laughed in it. I laughed at yeah. this movie. Yeah. Here's the thing. Five picks from now for me, you're going to wish you could go back and file this movie. Whose pick? Whose pick is it? Is oh. it my pick this week? No, it's Maze's pick. Yeah, the guy standing in the room while two people point <laughs> nuclear dicks at each other, whatever the fuck you're talking about, <laughs> is sitting here with a choice to make. But I'm going to do something fun here. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let you guys choose your own destruction here, all right? Do you want to spend money or do you want it to be free? I mean, I'd prefer not to spend money, but I'll do whatever. All right, we will do a free one. And then... Do you guys want to do a sports movie or do you want to not do a sports movie? I want I want whatever the worst movie is. Oh, they're both zero percent. Don't worry. Oh, what? <laughs> they're both zero percent. Oh, you thought you boys were out here trading punches? You forgot who the real terrorist on the show is. We are watching the nineteen eighty eight football classic, starring Anthony Michael Hall, Johnny B. Good, which is also on Amazon Prime. What? I've never wow. heard of that. Grand Canyon University's RN to BSN online degree program makes earning your bachelor's in nursing possible. Balance online coursework with local in-person clinicals to position yourself for potential leadership opportunities in the time you have from wherever you are, leaving room for what matters. Achieve your goals with your personalized plan and team behind you. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Visit gcu.edu. 